Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I am so excited about what I want to share with you today. Uh, I hope my excitement doesn't get the better of me and it comes out like that. Okay, I hope not. But you know, we all have something in common today. Every single person here in our zone, every single person in our sites and locations, every single one online, we all have something in common. Do you know what it is? We are all a mess. Just look at the person next to you, okay? They're a mess, all right? Those of you in Hagley, you're a mess too. Those of you in Rowley, look around. You're a mess. Bromsgrove, you're a mess. Clibbery Mortimer, even those of you online, we can see you. No, we can't, we can't. You're looking around in your house. Is my house a mess? We're all basically a mess. That's the one thing that brings us all together. And in January this month, we're going to look at what we're calling Address the Mess. Now, I want to credit this. This is a series that Andy Stanley at North Point did many years ago. And I haven't stolen it because we're a partner church at North Point and they give it freely and say, please go and use it. But I want to credit it because his original material is from him. We're going to use some of his material and some of my own as well. But today, we're going to draw on a lot of his material. It is so good. So anything good I say today is definitely Andy Stanley. Anything not quite so good, that's me, all right? But basically, we are all a mess. We are sat next to a mess. You see, some of us, we are, you might say, well, I'm not a mess, but you're between messes. You're one bad decision away from a mess, okay? So you see, some of us, we have mess, maybe in a part of our life. Not our whole life, but maybe our family. Maybe our finances are a little bit, our family's great, our finances are a mess. Our family's great, our finances are great, our relationships are a bit of a mess. Our family is great. Our finances are great. Our relationships are great. But our health is a mess. We all have a degree of mess. Some of us made our own mess. We were warned, but we did it anyway. Some of us married a mess. We were warned. <laughs> I'm not looking at my wife here. I'm not looking at, I'm looking over this part of the room. I'm looking in the camera, okay? We were warned, but we, she did it anyway, okay? <laughs> you see, we're basically all a mess. Some of us are parenting a mess right now. We've done everything right. We've read all the books, listened to all the podcasts, watched all the YouTube videos, and it's a mess. Some of us, we're dragged into other people's messes. It wasn't our fault, but it's certainly now our mess. We are genetically predisposed to mess. Your parents, your grandparents, your kids' parents. Work it out, that's you, okay. Who's that? My kids' parents, it's you. We're all, but the good news is this. I have good news for you at the start of 2023. This is the good news. Look at this. There's always someone whose life is a bigger mess than yours. Woo! Thanks for coming. <laughs> Have a great day. Have a great year. Just remember that and you'll be all right. No, no, no. We're going to go a little bit deeper than that. You see, what we're going to look at today is this title, the truth about God and our mess. You see, it's true that mess is the one thing that brings us all together. Whether you have faith or not, and if I'm talking to anyone who doesn't have faith, this is true of you. It's also true of all of us who do have faith as well. But we wanna talk about the truth about God and our mess. 
You see, mess is our common ground. Whether we, have, whether we have faith or not, whether we have money or not, whether we have power or not, whether we have celebrity or not, faith, a mess rather, is our common ground. And so because of that, there's two things I wanna say about this. Number one, we should become students of others, not critics. I said something on my walk across the church about Harry and Meghan. I haven't spoken out about that whole situation. And I'm gonna just say it to you if you didn't get that video as well as I was walking over to church. You know, lots of people are saying lots of things about Harry and Meghan, okay, right now. And you know what I think? Um, Right now in our culture, we have a complete lack of critical thinking, but we have loads of critical comments. We can't think, we just speak critically about people we know nothing about. And I want to say, whatever side of the argument you are, and I saw something on social media this week that said, has anyone asked Harry how he is? Because he must be really hurting. Let's be kind and ask him how he is. And I get all that, but equally, has anyone asked his brother how he is? Or his sister-in-law? Or his father? The reality is that family, like your family and my family, has a mess. And before we are critical, why don't we be quick to pray rather than quick to comment. That's all I wanna say about it. You see, what we do is we become critics of others, whereas we should become students, because you and I don't know the backstory behind the mess that we see. Stephen Covey was a, a famous guy that was a, he authored one of the best-selling books ever, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in one of his books, he tells a story. He's on a subway train in America, I think in New York, and uh, he's on the train. And if you've ever been on a train, uh, you'll know that business people, you know, go on the train and don't like to say much and they're working away. And it was all peaceful on the subway. And then this guy got on with some kids, two or three kids, and he sat down and the kids were wild. The kids were just wild. And Stephen Covey says, I sat there and I go, you you know the thing. And And I tried to switch it off, put my music on and tried to do my work and I couldn't. And eventually I said to the man, sir, please, please, can you do something about your children? They're wild. The man looked at Stephen Covey and said, I know, an hour ago, we were at the hospital where their mother died. And he said, I don't know what to do. And I guess they don't know what to do either. Stephen Covey said, I will never ever forget that interaction. He said, I felt so bad. There I was, quick to judge somebody else, but not knowing the story behind the mess that I could see in front of my eyes. So we should be students, not critics. But secondly, we need each other more than we realise. Because we are in this broken world and we do have mess, we need to find one another more than we realise. Alison and I, one of our highlights of 2022, one of them, of course, was having a new granddaughter, Lydia, who was born on the 27th of December, and she's here today, so we're really excited about that. But another highlight, a few weeks before that, was when Alison and I got to lead a bunch of you, some of you, and a whole bunch of other people to Israel uh, for a Holy Land trip, which was incredible. And by the way, we've been asked to do it again this year in November. It'll be Israel only, November the 8th to the 15th. There's already a bunch of people who signed up interest. If you're interested in coming on that trip, please come and speak to us or go on the website and sign up. We would love to talk to you about that. But one of the highlights on that trip, something that I think Alison and myself will never ever forget, we'll never forget the rest of our lives, was we were in the Garden of Gethsemane. I think I might have told this story to some of you before. We were in the Garden of Gethsemane on the last day. The Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus prayed on the night before he was crucified. Gethsemane literally means the place of suffering, of squeezing. 
It's like olive trees that they squeeze the olives to get all of the juice and the goodness out of them. But actually, it's a painful, painful process. And we were there and we'd done the whole kind of coming together and singing and taking communion and etc. And there were about 120 of us in the group. And then we were given 20 minutes just to wander around the garden. As we wandered around the garden, Alison and myself wandered around thinking, yep, this is nice, but we'd been before and it wasn't really doing much for us, to be honest. And then we came around a corner and and then underneath an olive tree were three ladies from our bus. All of these women, their sons had all died young in tragic circumstances. All three of them didn't know each other before that trip. But underneath that tree, In that place called the place of suffering and squeezing, they found each other. And as we watched, they held, they hugged, they held hands and they prayed and they wept together. Because sometimes the only thing you can do is to get someone else under your tree with you in the mess that you've got. And I want to encourage you at the start of this year, whatever your mess is, it may not be as dramatic as that, but whatever your mess is, you were not created to deal with your mess alone. Who's under your tree with you? That's just a couple of comments that I want to make before we dig into the depth of what I want to say today. You see, the truth about our mess and about God is this. The mess that brings us together is the mess that brought God near. Hallelujah. You see, that's what we've just celebrated at Christmas, isn't it? When God became flesh, when God became human, when God entered the muck and the dirt and the reality of our existence, the mess that brings us together, the mess that puts us on exactly the same place as Harry and Meghan and William and Kate and Charles, royal though they are, we're all human beings. We all have mess. We all have pain. But the good news is the mess that brings us together is the mess that brought God near. And I love that so, so much. And just to get underneath this a little bit more, one of the writers of the Bible, um, the New Testament, the second half of the Bible called Paul, who used to hate Christians, okay, and hate the name of Jesus, but then became a Jesus follower. And he wrote this in the book of Romans. It's an amazing, amazing verse. Now we know, Romans chapter three, that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Now just hold this for a second. There's some important things we need to understand here, okay? Whether you have faith or not. What Paul is saying is that we are placed under the law. Now he's talking about the law of God. The truth is every human being places themselves under something. Whether it's the law of God, whether it's their conscience, whether it's their set of values. But when we do that, we are then accountable to that. And here's the truth, okay? You and I know whether we have faith or not, we don't meet the mark, do we? Not on our own, we don't. We don't reach the standard. We know we don't. Whether you have faith or not, we know that we don't reach it. We place ourselves under something that we are accountable to, but we can't reach it. And when you and I don't reach it and there's mess in our lives, we all, whether you have faith or not, we all say these three words, but nobody's perfect. Anyone ever said that? And by saying that, what we're doing, we are, say, we are acknowledging that there is a perfect that nobody is, right? We're acknowledging there is a perfect, a standard that nobody is. And we just say, well, nobody's perfect. But listen, the answer is not to try harder. The answer is grace. 
The answer is that's why Jesus came, because the mess that brings us together is the mess that brought God near. And when Jesus came, he came to fill that gap and to enable us to live in that gap. John, another writer of the New Testament, says in John 3 these words, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. This is why it really winds me up so much. I shouldn't say it winds me up. Okay, that feels like anger. I don't mean that. It frustrates me when I see Christians that want to condemn everybody who don't, they don't say they're Christians anyway. And if you've ever felt condemned because you're not a follower of Jesus, because you're not living in a way that a Christian says you should live, I'm really sorry because Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Amen? He didn't. But to save the world through Him. So let me just tell you a few stories, okay? So Jesus one day is, is, is in this town and, and, and the religious leaders, they catch a woman in the act of adultery, it says in John chapter eight. They caught her in the act of adultery. Let me just be really blunt. She was having sex and they grabbed the man and pulled him off and left him, all right? But they grabbed the woman and dragged her into the middle of the street So she's lying naked on the floor in the dirt and they're condemning and criticising a little bit like what we do with social media these days when we don't know the backstory and we're quick to criticise. And Jesus writes something in the sand. We don't really know what he writes. But then he says to this woman, hey, look at me. Look at me. I don't condemn you. Leave your mess. So leave your sin and follow me, but I don't condemn you. But leave your mess. I don't condemn you. Another day, he's, he's, he's walking through a town um, and actually, Alice and I went through this place. We went on this road, probably where he went, we went in Israel, which is amazing. And there was a whole crowd trying to see Jesus and there was a dishonest tax collector called Zacchaeus. And one of the things we know about Zacchaeus is he was very small, he's very short. And so he, he couldn't see, so he climbs up a tree and the Bible says that in this crowd of people, Jesus comes to the tree and Jesus stopped And he looked up at this little man and everybody knew this man. They knew his mess, okay? They knew him. And Jesus says, come down, come down to me. I'm coming to your house for something to eat. I'm not condemning you. I'm coming to your house to eat, but leave your mess is what he goes on and says later on. In another instance, he's walking through another place and it's at the heat of the day, it's 12 noon. And it's a place in Samaria, which, and Samaritans hate Jews. And he sat by a well because there's a woman there at 12 noon. No other women, only this one. The only reason she's there is because she's got a whole load of mess that everybody in the village knows about. And at 12 noon, when the sun is at its hottest, you don't want to go out in the, in the heat of the day. So she's going out when no one else is there because everyone knows her mess. And she sat by the well and she's trying to get water from the well. And Jesus, a Samaritan, a rabbi, a Jewish man, all of that's wrong, okay? A Jewish rabbi, man, sat by a woman with a mess, a Samaritan, all of that's wrong. But Jesus doesn't care about all of that. He cares about the woman. He cares about the woman. And he sits at the woman and he says, come close to me. And he says, you know, this quench you have for thirst, for water, you won't find it in the natural water. You'll only find it in the spiritual water and only I can give that to you. So leave your mess and follow me. One more story. He's um, on the cross. Can you believe this? He's on the cross. Incredibly painful. I can't even begin to describe to you how painful crucifixion is. It's the most painful way that a human being can die. And he's hanging on the cross. And next to him are two thieves. And one's scorning him and criticising him. But the other one is turning towards him. 
And this guy who's lived all kind of a mess life, he's dying for what he's done. And he looks at Jesus and he says, would you remember me? And Jesus says, hey, today you're coming with me. You're coming with me to paradise. All of that's to say, here's the truth. God loves us so much, even in our mess. Isn't that good news? He loves us exactly as we are right now. But He loves us too much to leave us exactly as we are right now. Over the next few weeks, I'm gonna dig really deep into some of our mess, your mess and my mess. Some of us have got messes to do with porn and addiction. Some of us have got messes to do with the lifestyle that we're living. Some of us have got messes to do with the family that we belong to, the health that we're experiencing, the finances that we've got, all kinds of really deep messes. Listen, God loves you exactly as you are and He knows you exactly as you are. So there's nothing that you can say that's gonna, that God's gonna go, really? You do what? You've done what? You have what? God's not gonna do that. He loves you so much as you are but He loves you too much to leave you as you are. So Jesus invites messy people like you and I to follow Him. Because here's the truth in John, John it says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, we've already sung a lot about light already today. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, and this is the key phrase, this is the hope for you and I, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, light is a way forward and light is a way out. You didn't follow Jesus into your mess, but you can follow Jesus out. And if you're in a mess of your making, okay, chances are you didn't follow Jesus. You just went and did it anyway. Now, if you're in a mess of someone else's making, that's a different deal, okay? But you don't follow Jesus into a mess, but you certainly can follow him out. And I've got great news for you. Jesus has more light than you can imagine. Whatever your mess is, He has light for you. And the Bible says in that verse, and the promise is this, that when you walk with Him and you follow Him every day, you will go through times of darkness, that's true, but you'll never be in darkness because there's always the gift of light for you. But what you and I want to do is we want to live our lives however we want to live it, even as Christians, okay? And then when we're in a mess, we're gonna say, God, help. Anyone ever done that? And we treat God sometimes a little bit like the AA or the RAC and we've just had a crash and we wanna call the AA. In fact, years and years ago, okay, when I was first starting to drive, okay, so I was in my maybe early 20s, all right, I'll tell you a story and this was with um, a friend of mine who was in, in this church, but I don't wanna shame him at all because he is an elder and his name's Lee and he plays guitar, but I don't wanna shame him. <laughs> but he sat in the car with me as well, okay, and we're going to try and find this venue because we were going to do a gig there because we had a band at the time. And um, he was in the passenger seat, so I blame him entirely for what happened because he was leading, uh, there was no sat-navs, okay? He was reading a, listen, A to Z. <laughs> Come on, anyone remember an A to Z? Come on, in Hagley, Rowley, Bromsgrove, Cliberry, A to Z, remember that? And Lee was reading the A to Z, so it's definitely his fault for what happened next. He said, you want to turn left into this street. So I did what I was told because that was the light that I had. He was right about the street. He was wrong about the turn left. It was a one-way street. I'm going down the, the wrongs, a one-way street the wrong way. And as I came around the corner, this guy in the car came and we hit each other head on smash. I had a brand new car, was completely totaled. 
I got out of the car, indignant I was, because I was absolutely convinced Lee, my friend, had the light. He told me this was the right street. He must be right. I got out and said, what are you doing, mate? This six foot six bloke got out like that, okay? And said some Hebrew and Greek words to me. (laughs) They weren't Hebrew and Greek, all right? I got back in the car, said, yep, you're right, my fault. What I did then was I did, the only thing I could do, I called my dad. Now, I didn't reach my phone out because we didn't have mobile phones in that day. I went to a telephone box. Some of you are going to have to explain to some people in the room what I'm actually saying, a telephone box. And I rang my dad, say, Dad, can you come and help? And then here's what happened. When I came back, when we walked back to the car to wait, because we had to walk for the telephone box. Walk for the telephone? It's radical, isn't it? It's like a prehistoric age. I know that. I had to walk to the telephone. And then as I walked back, a bunch of kids are hanging around the car and they obviously know what's happened. I've come down the wrong way. And they're laughing at the car and they're saying, what an idiot, what an idiot. And what I did is I walked past the car and said, what an idiot, and carried on walking. (laughs) But then I hid around the corner. Then when my dad came, I came back and dad towed me home. And that's exactly how you and I treat God. We get into a mess. We didn't follow him into the mess. We just get into a mess and then we call for God. There's a way better way to live your life. There's a way better way to live your life than that. And you see, God doesn't just want transaction. God wants relationship, which is why when he says, I'm the light of the world, whoever follows me, and that's the key, follows me. Look look at what it says in Matthew, Matthew's Gospel. Everyone who hears these words of mine, this is how you follow God, and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Some of you know the story. Jesus tells the story comparing and contrasting two men, because both are the same that they build a life, and both are the same that that they face a storm, because you can't help that. Whether you have faith or not, you face a storm. One of them is building his life on sand. One of them is building his life on rock. In other words, one of them is following God and letting the light of God light his path. That doesn't mean he won't have pain. I know that, so true. That doesn't mean he won't have prayer that feels like it's unanswered. That doesn't mean there won't be times when he's angry and cross with God because there's times when I'm angry and cross with God as well. But it does mean that there's light and there's foundation, and there's solidity, and there's hope. And that's the kind of life God wants you and I to live. And that's the way out of our mess. You see, this foolish man builds his life on the sand, and then when it all comes crashing down, he calls for God. But here's the truth. (laughs) You cannot pray your way out of a mess you behaved yourself into. Now, can I just clarify? I'm not saying you cannot pray when you have behaved your way into a mess. But I am challenging the view that I can behave however I like and then pray my way out of it. That is what the Bible calls foolishness. You cannot pray your way out of a mess you behaved yourself into. So over the next few weeks, we're gonna explore some of these messes. And when we think about our finances, if we behave in our finances in such a foolish way, And then when we get into a lot of trouble, we pray, oh God, will you come? We go to the phone box and we call for our dad. That's not the way that God wants to build a relationship with us. But we build a relationship decision by decision, good choice by good choice, light by light. As we follow him, God, what do you say about this? God, what's the best way to live my relationships? What's the best way to 
for me to express my sexuality? What's the best way for me to deal with my thought life? What's the best way for me to treat my friends, my neighbours, my work colleagues, my boss? What's the best way? You shine your light and then I'll follow you rather than behaving how we like and then hoping that God gets us out at the end. So where's the hope today? There's loads of hope. You can follow your way out. You can follow, whatever mess you're in, you can follow your way out. I'm not saying it's gonna work out exactly like you want it to, but I am saying you can follow your way out and you can know the light of God as you go. God will meet you in the mess. Guys, God will meet you in the mess. He really will. Whatever your mess is today, whether you know God or not, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you and challenge you. One of our sites or locations, those of you joining us online, God will meet you in the mess. You see, this is how it works and I love this. I messed up, I gave up, I looked up, God showed up. You see, today we're gonna pray and we're gonna invite you to stand if you've messed up. And as you stand, we're gonna pray God will show up because He will, He will. Because when we mess up and we then give up, trying to do it ourselves. God in His amazing, amazing miracle power shows up. And that doesn't mean that we then go away and just behave how we want and just say, God will show up. But it does mean that as we're in the mess that we're in, God by His grace will show up. I have two challenges for you uh, as we come to a close and two applications. Number one is a challenge for this week. And I want to challenge you really strongly, okay? Every person you come across this week, whether it's on social media and you don't know them or whether it's in the flesh and in the real, I want you to say this phrase to yourself. I know a mess when I see one because I am one. In fact, why don't you say it out loud together with me? Come on. And in all our sites and locations, I know a mess when I see one because I am one. And to the person next to you, say it to the person next to you. Come on. I know a mess when I see one because I am one, right? <laughs> because, and, and next week, next week, I'm gonna ask you how you've done with this, okay? Because I know this is a challenge for me. I'm quick to judge often. And God is not so quick to judge with me and condemn. But I know a mess when I see one because I am one. But secondly, the second challenge is for you today. Maybe you don't yet know Jesus. Maybe you never said yes to following God. I wanna give you an opportunity today to do that. But, but it may be that you want a little bit more time to think and to ask and to discuss. Well, good news for you. We launch our next Alpha course tomorrow. So tomorrow night here in Hells Owen, Tuesday night in Hagley, Wednesday night online. Three evenings, three different options, loads of opportunity. You can sign up for that today. Lots of people already have, you can join with that. You can come, it's just, I wanna encourage you just to come one night, just come one night. Then if you wanna go in for the whole seven weeks, you can do it, but just one night, tomorrow, Tuesday or Wednesday. How do you do that? Well, it's really easy. You can go on our website. You can go to one of the connection points in your location or online. We'll put the link in the chat as well. Or you can take your phone out, text to 60777, LCC Alpha, your name to 60777. You could do it right now. We're in a moment, we're gonna sing a song. Do it during that song. 60777, LCC Alpha, your name, and send, press send and we will be in contact with you. But you know, it may be, some of you are a follower of Jesus, 
But right now, you still feel that you're in such a mess. And maybe your mess is around mental health and anxiety. That's a very real deal, very real deal. And just because you have faith doesn't mean that you don't have challenges with mental health and anxiety. We all know that. But we are uh, piloted and about to launch a brand new initiative called Kintsugi Hope Groups. These are groups of small groups of people that come together over uh, several weeks. And what they do is they give you a safe space. It's like they invite some other people with you under your tree so that together you can find some ways, you can find some light, you can find some ways to follow out of some of that mess. And again, the, the sign-up's gonna come up on the screen, hopefully for Kintsugi Hope. Uh, that's, gonna, that's gonna launch in a few weeks' time. And again, if you're interested in that, it's limited by how many we can take. So you can sign, I think it's later today. It's at 11.30, it's live. So at 11.30, you can sign up for that. There's only 15 spots available, but we would love to invite you under the tree with a few other people. But you know what? I wanna give every one of you an opportunity today, just at the start of the new year to say, God, I wanna follow you. I wanna follow you out of the mess. Maybe you didn't, you didn't follow Him into the mess, but you say, but you know what? The mess that brings us together is the mess that brought you near. So I've messed up, but I'm gonna give up. And God, would you show up so that I can follow you out of the mess? So at the start of the new year, I wanna invite you. Maybe let's close our eyes for a moment and in our locations as well. And, and if today, Maybe today you know that you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you've never said yes to following Jesus. I wanna give you an opportunity right now, the start of 2023. This is the best decision you're ever gonna make with your life. You don't need to know it all. I don't know it all, none of us do. But you're just saying yes to Jesus and you wanna follow Him. And if that's you, I wanna pray for you today. So if that's you, I want you to do something really simple. I want you just to raise your hand and I will see it and then I'll put it down. And in our locations as well, I want you to do that. Just raise your hand exactly where you are. If that's you and you wanna say, yes, I wanna follow Jesus, then you raise your hand, I'll see it and then I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you so much. And in our locations in Bromsgrove, in Hagley, in Rowley, in Clibbury. Father, we thank you so much, Jesus, that you're an incredible God. You love us so much, even in our mess, but you love us too much to leave us that way. So God, your mess, the mess that brings us together is the mess that brought you near. God, I thank you for it. We thank you for it. And we receive it again today in Jesus' Name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you acknowledge with your hand, we'd love to put something in your hand at the end. So please go to the connection point. We'd love to do that, okay, uh, gift for you. I wanna invite you to stand uh, and in our locations as well. And, you know, this is a great song that we're gonna finish with today. And it's just a way of us saying, we're reminding ourselves what God has done for us. We've celebrated Him coming at Christmas, but in a few weeks time, believe it or not, it's gonna be Easter. And we remember He came into the muck and the dirt so that He could die a horrific death so that you and I could live. So He came to our mess in order to lift us out of our mess and into a new life with Him. This is what He's done. But it's not just what He's done past tense, as Kate reminded us earlier. This is what He does every single day. And so this week, when you're at work, I, I, I want you to just kind of you know, say, hey, I, I don't wanna behave my way into a mess. God, I wanna follow You. Jesus, what's Your light in this situation? You shine Your light 
and then I'll step into it. And that's the way we build a relationship with Him. That's the way we address the mess. Let's worship.